0: everybody, Rachel Varga here, the beauty side of Beauty and the Biohacker, and I warmly invite you to check out working with Katie and I. You can go to beautyandthebiohacker.com where you can find our book one-on-one links with either Katie and I. Katie can help you with optimizing your sleep through biohacking modalities, and I can help you with optimizing your at-home and in-clinic skin and rejuvenation journey with skincare, biohacking, dermal rolling, and all of that cool stuff stuff. Be sure to also check out our favorites page where you can find our shortlist of our top biohacking and supplement picks to help you slow your aging on a cellular level. And be sure to use those affiliate links to continue to support the show here and use the promo codes to save yourself some money. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome to Beauty and the Biohacker where we explore the latest tools and trends in self-care, aesthetics, and peak performance to help you live your most beautiful life from the inside out. I'm your co-host Rachel Varga, a board-certified aesthetic nurse specialist since 2011 with over 19,000 rejuvenation treatments performed on thousands of patients.
1: And I'm Katie Moore, a self-proclaimed biohacker with three years of self-experimenting in the space of health and wellness technology. I'm on a mission to help you achieve success without sacrificing your health or happiness through my YouTube channel, Katie Type A.
0: So join us as we sit down with some of the biggest innovators in the health space, the movers and shakers of the wellness world,
1: and unpack some of the biggest secrets in the skincare and longevity space. We are Beauty and the Biohacker, and we're thrilled to have you along for the ride.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode on the Beauty and the Biohacker podcast. We have an exciting show in store for you all today on all things hair growth stimulation and anti-aging with Faraz Khan, and he's someone who Katie and I have connected with in the past, and we're super pumped to have him on the show. Are you excited about this episode, Katie?
1: Yes, because what I really need to do is stimulate more hair growth for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, I I actually think it's a really practical and and very timely subject uh, considering everything happening in the world. I have not personally had any issues with hair growth thanks to the wonderful genetics of my mother, but you know it's definitely something that uh, I have a lot of friends who are asking me about. So this is uh, going to be a super interesting and hopefully compelling episode for everyone.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, a ton of my clients pretty well, almost every client that books a one on one with me is noticing that they are losing their hair to a degree, whether it's their edges or on their crown, both men and women, uh, we can either be losing hair, or when we go through things like menopause, we could be getting more hair growth on areas like our chins and neck than Mm -hmm. we may want. Also, uh, hair growth stimulation and excess hair, wanting to stimulate more hair growth and excess hair growth can be early indicators of things that are going on in the background. So let me tell you about today's guest. Faraz Khan is a former computer scientist nerd. We definitely talked a little crypto before we started recording here. He's also turned into a longevity educator, speaker, and biohacker. Seeing his parents age before his eyes prompted Faraz to dive headfirst into the world's into the world of anti-aging and longevity. Faraz turned from helping large media, life sciences, and pharma companies to helping everyday people back the scourge of aging. He launched his podcast, The Anti-Aging Hacks, where you can check out one of our previous episodes. We'll be sure to link that in the description box here in 2019, where he interviews the top minds in longevity, anti-aging, and health. Faraz also struggled with hair thinning for two decades, which led him on a quest around the world to find hair wellness solutions that really work. You can find Faraz's podcast at anti-aginghacks.net and hair wellness solutions at fullyvital.com and be sure to use promo code BB15. For extra savings. Welcome, Faraz Khan. It's great to have you here on the show. How are you today?
2: Thank you so much, Rachel and Katie. I'm so glad to be here. I'm doing very well. Thank you.
0: And before we get into our personal experiences on hair loss or excess hair growth, I would warmly invite you all to subscribe here on the YouTube channel, here on the Beauty and the Biohacker podcast, and hit the bell so that you know when new episodes are dropped. You can learn more at beautyandthebiohacker.com as well. So why don't we kick things off? I mean, Katie, have you ever experienced hair loss, hair growth for What's what's going on within each of our lives personally right now?
1: For me, I have experienced like seasonal hair shedding season is what I call it. Hashtag shedding season. I don't know if that's the thing, but, um, you know, sometimes when, you know, I grew up in New York and it would get cold and I would occasionally just see more hair coming up at that time of year, especially in my hairbrush or in the shower. But I've never experienced significant hair loss to the point where I think I needed to do something about it. And then after moving to Hawaii, I'm like, oh gosh, this vein needs to be tamed. And it's, you know, it's just, it's because of the humidity, I just feel like it almost is growing even more exponentially than I'm used to. So I don't know, I guess it may be sometimes depends on location and time of year. That's
2: a good problem to have, Katie. Uh, My, my (laughs) background, unfortunately, is not so rosy. I started losing my hair at the age of 20. I was a soccer athlete in college. And, you know, I wanted to be popular with the ladies. And, uh, I remember just losing hair in the shower. I would have have so much hair in my hands that I was starting to freak out and basically also lose my confidence. And that was the bigger deal, right? It wasn't just the hair, it was what happens with it. Mm -hmm. And so I I researched holistic providers. I went to a lot of them. Uh, They gave me hair oils, which I put on my hair every night and smelled, but whatever, I had to do it. Um, And I tried a lot of things, actually, biotin supplements, I tried... These hair oils I mentioned, I tried onion juice, which smells really bad, um, and shampoos and all kinds of things and, and nothing. It, so they did slow down my hair loss, but it didn't stop it. So I kept progressing so much so that by the time I was 22 or 23, some of my roommates were calling me baldy, which like, just destroys your confidence as a man. And so a few years later, I begrudgingly got onto pharmaceuticals because I believed that was the only way to save my hair and i was on them for 10 years and i recently got off them a few years ago because i don't want to you know be beholden to a drug for the rest of my life which pharmaceutical companies want us to and uh, i started researching natural solutions to regrow hair and i traveled around the world went to the top hair conferences met a lot of doctors and thankfully because of my podcast i'm able to interview some of the top minds in this space as well and so i literally interviewed 6 or 7 doctors actually flew to each of their offices, spent four to six hours with each of them in front of the camera and behind the camera to really learn what's going on and finally uh, put together a solution that I use in myself to regrow my hair rapidly. Thank you um, Mm -hmm. to the universe for that. And so since then, for the last two years, we've been putting together or formulating a set of products that really help. It's called the hair growth system. It really helps ordinary people regrow hair and get thicker, stronger, and fuller hair.
1: That's amazing. And for anyone just listening to the podcast, I have to say you have a fantastic head of hair right <laughs> now. So <laughs> it looks really nice. It is, you know, and honestly, and like I would never in a million years, if I were walking down the street, had known that you were, you would ever gone through hair loss. Like it looks like natural. So what you're doing is clearly working. <laughs>
2: Thank you. If you see my before pictures, you will be scared. Like, who is this creature? This is not a person.
1: <laughs> now, some goes. people can pull off the bald look. I mean, you know, Bruce Willis is one of them, you know, like, I think sometimes people just end up embracing it and that's great. But other people are like, no, hair is kind of my identity. And I, I know I can, at least just speak for myself and say that, yes, like hair is huge for me. The, the amount of time I spend on my hair and thinking about my hair, it, it is a massive part of my identity. And I would be lying if I said it wasn't. So I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. And I think this is a problem a lot of people struggle with.
2: Mm-hmm. And I've been helping uh, multiple of my women friends and they tell me they're anxious, they're powerless. They feel lack of confidence. They think when they're talking to somebody, they, they're wondering half the time if they're noticing their hair loss or looking at their hair. It's mm-hmm. a very um, disconcerting feeling. So, And, you know, for men, it's accepted that we can go bald and we can look bald like The Rock or Bruce Willis. But mm-hmm. when you're going through it, it's just terrible. And, and I don't, I honestly, I'm vain. I did not want to lose my hair. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to do whatever I could to keep it and even regrow a lot of it. And luckily I've had success.
0: I would be careful with that word choice vain because um, sometimes people are like, oh, looking after myself, that's kind of vain. I'm going to call you out like JJ Virgin called me out once, right? <laughs> the whole thing, oh, you know, the, using the word authentic. But really, uh, I, I want us to be very specific with our word choices, like my hair loss, right? My excess hair growth, my whiskers. You, you can't say stuff like that because it reinforces it. But also using the word, oh, i am I'm vain, so I do that. No, rephrase that to you just want to simply maintain what you have and maintain your health and vitality. I will be very honest with you that during very stressful time about two years ago, if you can believe it when all this stuff was starting to ish hit the fan kind of thing, um, I started to actually notice that I was losing a little bit of my edges. So, and I'm in my you know mid thirties and I already started to notice that. And I just have so many clients complaining about losing it in their crown. I have some theories as to why I think we're seeing hair loss, especially when we're even just at home. And I would love to hear from some of you all, uh, some of like your insights for us, and then I'll share some some of mine as well. But what are some of the main reasons for hair thinning for men and women?
2: Absolutely. The number one reason for hair thinning in both men and women is related to hormones. And for men, you see this, it's it's obvious as soon as men turn, you know, as soon as they have puberty, 17, 18, they start to experience some men rapid hair loss. And I was in that age range, I was at 20. But uh, it progresses over time. And it's almost always this one hormone called DHT, which is a metabolite of testosterone. So testosterone exists in both men's and women's bodies, and it converts to this hormone called DHT, which causes your hair follicles to become thinner and thinner and thinner. And after a while, they just don't have enough strength to break through. And so you start to lose that hair, and sometimes it can be lost permanently. So that is the number one reason for men and women to lose hair. Now, there's other reasons as well. There's acute, acute stressors. For example, if you lose a loved one or you go through a divorce or you move to a different city or you get a viral infection, which is going around these days, it can cause a rapid shedding two to three months after the acute stressor. So you will see like clumps of hair coming out in your hands. Again, this is in response to something that happened, a stressful event in your life, and this hair will typically grow back. And I have couple of female friends that are going through this right now. Uh, One that got the viral infection that's going around, and one that actually just moved to a different city, and she had a lot of stress around, it, so she lost a ton of hair. And then finally, there's a smaller section of reasons. These are not that common, but they can be for some people, where these are prolonged reasons, so they go on over a long time. And this could be anything from nutritional deficiencies this could be thyroid dysfunction, either low thyroid or too much thyroid. This could be uh, stress, ongoing stress for a long time. This could also be medications, including birth control that you might be on. So antihypertensives, uh, cholesterol drugs, blood pressure drugs, antivirals. A lot of these could uh, initiate hair loss. And the, And the crazy part is sometimes these types of hair loss can occur together, which is why people they don't know what to do. They don't know how to figure it out because we know that the number one reason is, is hormones, but also sometimes these things happen in tandem. And so like, you just don't know what to do because marketers tell you to buy biotin supplements, which really don't help. And so it's very confusing for most people.
1: Okay. So I want to, I want to break some stuff down because I was under the impression and I might just be a very, um, misinformed consumer, but I thought it was genetics. Everyone always says, well, you know, my dad or my grandfather was, you know, he went bald early. So naturally this was going to happen. And I I always believed that it was the genetic pool that you were given, et cetera. So that's not the case is what you're saying.
2: Yeah. So the, when I said the number one reason is hormones, that is genetic predisposition comes under there. So it's like we said, the testosterone converts to DHT, which is the hormone that causes your hair thinning. And I got my hair loss as genetic from my mother's side. Mm -hmm. All of my uncles are bald on my mother's side and my mother's also thinning. And so yes, it's totally genetic and it can come from either your father's side or your mother's side.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. I also have a one follow-up question because I was Uh, specifically around the testosterone thing. I was listening to um, the podcast Huberman Lab with uh, the Stanford neuroscientist, Andrew Huberman. He was talking about creatine as a supplement. Is there any evidence that taking creatine supplements daily could potentially cause a hair loss, but then facial hair growth and not for women specifically, but he, he talked a little bit about the implications it might have for men. And I'm just kind of curious if you've seen any literature on this and what yeah. you know about it.
2: <laughs> I, do, I do know about creatine, which yeah. is a supplement that a lot of people recommend. And mm-hmm. it's typically good because it helps you build muscle faster. And there's a lot of benefits actually to it, other than just muscle building. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was... So let me talk about DHT first, which is yeah. we talked about DHT as the hormone that causes your hair loss, right? DHT is responsible for hair loss in your scalp but, but it's also responsible for better hair growth on your beard. So it causes beard to grow thicker and fuller hair on your face, but at the same time on your scalp, it causes your hair to thin. This is the million dollar question why DHT does this, right? So coming back to creatine, in one study with, I believe it was 16 rugby players that were 17 or 18 years old, only one study has been done on this. When they, when they were given creatine over a period of few weeks, they increased their DHT levels, which is the bad thing, or more. So creatine in one scientific study has increased DHT, which is directly responsible for your hair loss. So I am very cautious about telling anybody to take more creatine, especially if they're undergoing hair loss, because it can exacerbate the situation.
1: Yeah. It also sounds like we need a lot more clinical trials on this. What would be the implication? And I'm sorry to again, put you on the spot here, but for women taking creatine, because it's been something that I've been thinking about doing. And, you know, I, I certainly haven't like experienced any hair growth on, you know, my face, but I'm just curious if there's any, if you've heard or know of any similar experiences for women on that front.
2: There is no study on women. Like mm-hmm. I said, there's only one study on 17 or 18 year old rugby players that are men. And so yeah. I, I would be hard pressed to extrapolate, but. If for you, Katie, you have beautiful, gorgeous hair, I don't think, if if you were to ask my opinion, I don't think that would be a problem for you if you took creatine. But for a woman that was experiencing hair loss or undergoing a stressful time or undergoing menopause, I would urge a little bit more caution.
0: I would like to add that uh, I actually noticed on my mom, she was losing some of her hair on her crown. And there actually are in the rejuvenation space, there's actually this hair scalp treatment that you can get done in the clinics. Now it's an add on, I'm not going to get into specifics, because then it's like, we're not being paid to talk about that company. But uh, it, it is actually becoming very popular, because this is a big thing. And I actually have a couple of different theories here. But for my mom, I noticed her hair was saying, mom, what are your thyroid levels at? go get your thyroid levels checked. And then I pointed her in the direction of one of my friends, Dr. Alan Christensen, to learn more about uh, supporting thyroid, especially in menopause. But I also have a theory that LED lights in the home are also contributing to inappropriate hair follicle function. So we know that blue light LED lights in the home from our devices penetrate the skin about three times deeper than the UVA and the UVB we get outside. So I theorize that with all these LED pot lights that we have above us hitting our scalp all the time, That's actually one of the things I recommend all my clients do in a one-on-one call, really simple things, switch out all of your LED lights to halogen. This can sometimes require having your electrician come in and actually changing the pot lights themselves so that you can put a halogen bulb. They do need some more disses. They do kick off more, uh, more heat as well. You do have to replace them, but the LEDs are super efficient, they're cheap. You barely have to replace them. But we know that the blue light and LED light is actually really bad for our skin, our eyes, our circadian rhythm, and thus impacting hormonal irregularities as well. So that's actually something that I'm going to be writing an academic paper on coming up. So I will actually be doing a study on that. So I'll be sharing. I've taken creatine in the past, uh, back in the day, you know, working out just a ton I played around with creatine and then I actually noticed um, some microcirculation enhancement. I felt like a little bit kind of like tingly, but yeah, I felt like I could lift a freaking house. And I think I did maybe have a little bit of water retention as well. Mm-hmm. But stress, yeah. LED lights, uh, viral infections, um, big things happening in the body. I really think that if we, get our hormones dialed in, our thyroid's working fine, we reduce our cellular oxidative stress and reactive oxidative species, ROS, in our bodies. These are all going to be contributing factors to not only have better hair, but also better skin, nails, and enhancing our aging process. I'd love for you guys to expand on anything there.
2: Yeah, I think when people talk about aging and how that impacts, and I'm going to keep it just to the hair for now, but as you know, my focus and my love is also anti-aging and keeping the body young, which we take tons of supplements, all of us do. For um, but oxidative stress has has is known in the literature to cause general aging. Meaning, the hair matrix, which is the part of the hair follicle which actually produces the hair that's coming out of your scalp, is it's very very active and it it's what's creating the hair and the keratin to push the hair out continuously every single day. And so over time, as there's more and more oxidative stress, be that from you know sitting in the sun for four hours or three hours every day or, or other things like pollution uh, or just bad water or using chemicals in your beauty products, a lot of those can cause harm to the hair matrix cells, which start to produce less and less. Their function reduces because of the oxidative stress and therefore, You can notice with with the aging process, thinning hair and or hair that doesn't grow as fast or doesn't grow long anymore. And these are common complaints that we hear from uh, men and women that my hair just doesn't grow long or my hair is thinned out. And that has to do a lot with the aging process and especially the oxidative stress. So Rachel, I agree. There's there's, uh, obviously things that we need to do just to stay in good general health, uh, regardless of just the hair loss component of it.
1: Before we get into your product line, which I'm really excited to dive into, especially considering the amount of work that went into it with meeting with all these doctors. I mean, you were really kind of boots to the ground, figuring it out. And I love that. Um, Have you ever experimented with red light therapy? Because I, I mean, Rachel has a juve behind her. I've certainly tried and experimented with juve. I've gotten ample sunlight uh, here in Hawaii. And I'm just curious if that was ever something you tried before, you know, taking another alternative approach.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I have actually, and if I were to break down, I'm sorry, there's some dogs barking outside. If I had to break down modalities of hair growth, there's the ways to stop any further loss. So there's the, I guess, uh, couple of techniques that you can use to address the imbalances so you're not losing any more hair but then there's a multitude of techniques that you can use to regrow hair or to rejuvenate hair and i separate them into two different buckets to get into a little bit more detail about your question katie and red light therapy is something that is a hair growth promoter so it's one of the methods that you can use to increase hair growth and some studies have shown that it can increase up maybe 15 to 20 percent of hair but what's interesting is, if you go into the literature a little more, and I have hair loss researchers that are friends of mine that uh, look at this, and a lot of these laser red hat companies, you know, uh, red light hat companies that are selling these hats or helmets or whatever, they do their studies right so fall is in the middle. So they start the study in the summer and end it near winter. And the reason they do that is, as you'd mentioned this, Katie, is humans typically shed 15 to 20% of hair as fall rolls around. And so what they're doing with this, they're timing it perfectly to to increase your antigen phase so that you don't shed that hair when you would normally do. So as you keep that hair compared to the control group that's lost 15 to 20% of hair, now it looks like you just gained 15 or 20% hair. So I'm very careful about the studies with red light therapy. I'm a believer However, in red light, I use it every day on my body. And uh, for six months or so, two years ago, I was using a red uh, hat with uh, for my hair in particular.
0: I would love to dive into some of these gimmicks because I'm sure we know everybody. And I'm sure we know somebody that's bought in this thing that they saw on Facebook or Instagram, the sponsored post of like this hair, skin, nail supplement, these masks, uh, you know, the red lights things. And I was at the pool once at a very um, internationally... Recognize plastic surgery conference. This is at the win. I'm, you know, lounging by the pool, feeling all fabulous. And this guy comes over to me and he's like, hey, do you want to buy this red light therapy, like face mask from me? They're like $10,000. It takes 10 years off your face. It's better than getting a facelift. I'm like, do you know the type of people that are in the pool right now we're all like plastic surgeons board aesthetic certified nurses like we see through this garbage but he was so convinced and just like his conviction of this definitely works so when you hear claims that are too good to be true it usually is and i'd love to um just maybe create some tips and tricks for everybody tuning in here to spot the gimmicks from a mile away because we take your trust very seriously. And at the end of the day, if you leave this episode being a smarter consumer, our job is complete. So what tips do you guys have for helping people avoid the hair-stimulating gimmicks out there?
2: Um, I would say that anything that you do with hair loss is it's important to make sure that if you're going to spend money and we've all spent, I'm sure not the two of you, but a lot of people listening would have spent their money trying out a lot of things. And more often than not, they're disappointed because these things don't work. The marketing is really good and it makes you believe that, yes, this is the, this is the one supplement. This is the laser helmet that I must have or the red light helmet that I must have for me to achieve freedom with my hair. The number one thing you have to consider is anything that you get, you have to stay with it for a while. Give it three to six months for most things. And if you give up after two months, it's you're not going to see much results. And that's coming back to the hair cycle because the hair, let's, we talked about if you have a big stressful event, you lose hair two months after. It's just how the hair cycle works. It takes two to three months for things to grow back. So that's number one. You got to stick with something for a while. Number two, do your research on the company. Find out who's selling you the product, what they stand for. Have they personally been through this problem or are they just creating a supplement overnight and then selling it to you? What else do they sell? Are they selling you a fish oil? Are they selling you 15 other products? And this is not their core focus, but they're just like selling a couple of hair products. So those are like some red, um, I guess some signs that you should look for. Like, how committed is this person? What's their background? Have they gone through it? What's the research? Who have they talked to? Uh, Has this worked for other people? Uh, And can I stay consistent with whatever I'm going to buy and spend maybe $1,200 for the helmet? Can I stay consistent? Or am I just going to, like, put it in the closet after three months and never touch it again, which a lot of people do? So those are some high-level tips, and we can get uh, detailed into some more stuff. But Katie, I don't know if you've got some.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's that's a very much in line with what I always talk about on my channel and what I always think about before even reviewing a product because I do get a lot of things sent my way and I would say 9 out of 10, I turn them all down. You're so you know, good
0: at this, Katie.
1: Well, I mean, it's just like I've been duped so many times. I've spent thousands of dollars on supplements alone that haven't worked for me. I think the other thing that we have to, you know, the elephant in the room is like, you're not going to pop one pill and it's going to take this all away. You know, I know there, you alluded to this earlier for about like biotin and I don't know where this came into the fold, but everyone and their mother thinks that biotin is the answer. And while I think biotin might be fantastic as just something that you want to keep your levels like in a healthy range for. I think there's also a huge issue when you over supplement on biotin. And, you know, I haven't really seen any literature about it being great for hair promoting. You know, it might make your hair follicles, or maybe even your like, one of the things I always read is like, it, it strengthens kind of your nail, like the, you know, right where your nail beds are, you can kind of, and I've, I've actually experienced that too, but to think that I'm going to take this pill and then it's going to actually make my hair grow overnight. It's not going to happen. You know, I think this, this audience is pretty smart and, and knows, but educate your friends because this, this is a big common misconception I see time and time again. I know. So I've
2: seen the study where this came from, by the way, if I may educate people here. Yeah. There was one study on kids under 10 years old. Okay. These are malnourished children that were severely deficient in biotin in the third world, right? Not even in the United States or Canada or America, North America. These were in the third world malnourished in biotin. And when they addressed the biotin deficiency, then they saw you know, decent hair, or they saw a little bit of hair growth or hair come back to normal. So again, just marketers took that study from six-year-old kids and ran with it. And now like over the last 20 years, we, the consumer have been educated that biotin supplements are the go-to and and somehow it's caught on, which there's no truth behind it.
1: I'm really glad that you brought that up. And this is another thing that I think conscientious consumers have to be just so dialed into. Like, Read the study. and what I'm saying it doesn't even just matter that they have a study, find out like where was it, who did this study? First of all, was it a peer-reviewed, you know third party kind of like scientifically published in a scientific like blue ribbon journal too something like you know, scientific reports or nature or you know um one of the the kind of more established incredible. Uh, studies and then, two, how big was the sample size and who were they testing it on? The fact that it was like children in a mal, you know, that were malnourished in a third world country—is that like, is that going to be a good baseline for? the majority of women in their 30s and 40s in the United States. No, like there's, that's very different. And so I think we just have to all, like one of my biggest things in life is just to educate people on like, just do that little bit of extra research because it will pay off and then you will learn the truth. And then you, you know, can actually spread the information, not misinformation.
0: Yeah, I'll add to this because as you guys know, I actually sit on the board of Plastic Surgical Nursing Journal and I'm a peer reviewer and I've written multiple articles. I, have another, I just got another word on my last jawline paper, which is pretty cool. Great. There's a couple of things that you should do when you look at a paper. Number one, look at the authors and look at their disclosures or potential conflicts of interest. That's really important. Also look at the supplementary details of the paper. There's so many papers that are getting published right now, and they're picking and choosing the data from the supplement. I actually looked at, it was a Norwegian study just the other day, and the control group was five times larger than the experimental group. And typically we want to have a 50-50 split, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, double-blinded, all of that And there was potential for crossover, but that wasn't even acknowledged in the study. It was a really short study. We're talking like four-week study as well. So some of the other things to look at is the length of the study. And if you're flipping through magazines or you're on a sales page or a landing page for the specific supplement or gimmick, you want to look out for claims like, oh, 97% of people that took this product noticed an improvement. Well, that actually means nothing. And also like 30 people said that this made their lives better in this, this, this way. So those are the kind of claims you also want to be on the lookout for as well. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And it's just like with aging well and reducing our our cellular, um, improving our cellular health and reducing our toxic bucket and all that. It's really going to be a combination of putting just the right puzzle pieces Together, so that's where biohacking can come in really handy. Doing certain testing uh, to see like what your what your hormone DHT levels are as well. Those are all great things. Uh, but do you guys have anything at, to add to research, Katie? I know because you're a professionally trained journalist. We uh, actually interviewed someone a while ago. We're not gonna say who this is. Um, <laughs> it
1: didn't make it bring that one out yeah, yeah no it didn't make the cut for an but episode yeah you
0: also were able to look into past you know potential litigation so that's interesting it's like is this person a serial entrepreneur what's their history what are some news articles on them yeah. but for myself i sell skincare products i sell supplements i sell hair care products i sell dermal rollers I saw all sorts of things, but they're things that I personally use and they are pieces of the puzzle. So, you know, if I were to throw in like Palo Santo crystals in there, sure, it would actually still be in alignment with who I am and what I do. So, you know, you really have to trust your intuition and going on referrals is also a great way to avoid getting duped too. What do Mm -hmm. you guys think of that? Referrals?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Huge. If somebody, you know, and trust has had the results and- also, it's important to note that they have similar conditions, similar stage of life. Then it certainly helps, right? But the case. But if they're, you know, a child in the third world country that's malnourished and you're going to use that data to take biotin supplements, maybe it might help, but there's no data to show that, right? Uh, and coming back on the studies, I love that you guys are so into it. I've, uh, we're going to do a study in this next year on the system. And uh, I'm gonna have my hair loss uh, research guys help me. They've written multiple studies of their own in the hair field, and so um, hopefully they'll help me design it, and and we'll do it right. And we won't do it during the summer months when you lose your <laughs> when you lose your hair.
0: I can recruit some, some family time. members. Let me know. I'll help to contribute. I'm actually doing another study right now on a actual uh, on a skin supplement, on the like using photography to analyze things. So let me know. I'd love to Fantastic. link up.
2: Okay, we'll do.
0: Yeah. Speaking of your,
1: um, you know, your actual supplement or your line of different products and services, I, I would be curious if you kind of talk a little bit about some of the ways that you kind of went about the formulation and anything, you know, you don't have to give away all the secrets, but some of the ingredients that you use and what you've found to actually work, because I think that's the important thing here is like, you had a problem and you then figured out how to craft something to solve that problem. And then it worked for you. And then you're like, well, I'm not going to keep this to myself. I got to share this with other people. So I, lo- I love that you went in with that kind of impetus and drive. And I think that always is kind of like one of the, you know, signature marks of a great entrepreneur. Look at Dave Asprey. You know, he had an issue with being overweight and fatigued and mental fog. And then he's like, well, here's bulletproof. Right. And so, I mean, obviously, it, it took a lot of, testing and research. So tell us about what your products offer and how you guys went about the whole process of formulating them.
2: Sure. Yeah. I love this question. So early on in the research, and I've read hundreds of papers relating to hair wellness and hair growth. And like I said, I've been to hair loss conferences and uh, talked to a lot of doctors and I have friends are researchers in the space And what I found, again, is the number one reason for hair thinning and hair loss at any age for both men and women is related to hormones. And so how can we naturally address hormones? And here's what happens with women in particular, as they're approaching 40 and beyond, their progesterone levels start to drop, and estrogen levels start to drop soon after. And so this leads to a typically to a relative imbalance with testosterone. It's not that testosterone goes up, is just a little bit more relative to their progesterone and estrogen, which can then, the excess of that can convert to DHT and lead to hair thinning, which my mother has, she gave it to me, and, and other women in, in the family has, have as well. So given that hormones was the number one reason, I went out, we set out to look at, okay for doctors that are prescribing pharmaceutical drugs, they give out this thing called finasteride, which blocks the conversion of D- testosterone to DHT what other natural materials in nature and botanicals exist that can help if not be as strong as finasteride, then at least somewhat effective and have scientific literature behind it. And so we found three, two to three that are in our supplement and multiple that are in our serum. And so we go about this in two ways. One Mm -hmm. is orally through the supplement because it's just so simple. You can just take supplement and it helps naturally balance the conversion of testosterone to DHT it does not mess with testosterone at all and then topically you can apply it on your scalp which it it gets a local effect so that's where most of the magic the bad magic is happening and so you want to address that topically as well so that's why our solution our system has both of these approaches and we encourage people to just go after it for two to three months really hard, and you get to see results very, very quickly. But to come back to your question, so that was the number one reason, is find out what causing it, main reasons, address those. Then we said, what are some bonus pathways that we can address? We also realized through the research that sometimes a lack of circulation can cause hair thinning and circulation, when there's blood flow coming in to all of your body, we know this with men with erectile dysfunction, A lot of my friends that are in their 30s and 40s in Los Angeles right now at this young age, or or they call me and they say, hey, I've got ED, which this is a blood flow problem. We know this. And so how can we, we thought about how can we improve endothelial health? How can we improve blood flow? How can we improve just nutrients moving through your body so they can get to where they are? And this is the, the furthest from gravity wise from your heart. It's got to pump all the way to the top of your scalp, which is where we lose hair. And so we added some natural ingredients to improve circulation, not only with the topical, but also with the supplement. So it brings all of that goodness up there. Thirdly, there's nutritional reasons why people can lose hair. The big four are folate, vitamin D3, iron, and what's the fourth one? Folate, vitamin D, and zinc, that, those four. So if you've got those four, these are the most common. There can be others. But these are the most common. So we've added most of these into our supplement as well. So you're nutritionally replete in case you were deficient in any of these. And I know that vegans, and I have vegan friends in LA, that, uh, that are deficient in folate, they're deficient in iron, and in B12 as well. So all of those are added to address any nutritional deficiencies that you might have. The fourth reason is that there is stress that can sometimes impact or cause your hair follicles to shut off the production, and just go into a resting phase. Well, we don't want that because we've all been stressed over the last couple of years, some more so than others because of the pandemic. And so we've added ashwagandha in the supplements as well to help reduce and naturally balance the stress. Now, there's we talked about this, Rachel, there's oxidation that can happen that can just cause hair aging outside of just hair loss, right? We've got some beautiful antioxidants, not only in the supplement, but also in the topical. We use melatonin. In the topical, which I, I'm, a, I love melatonin, it's a very amazing antioxidant. In the topical, to help balance the stress and help the hair follicles to live for longer. So it's a, it's a very scientific approach, and it's been thought through. We've come, come at it this from multiple ways, but of course, the primary reason we want to address first, because that's what causes most of this. Everything else is a bonus.
1: I am. F- fascinated by the melatonin component i want you to talk about that because i mean melatonin has kind of gotten a bad rep in the past few years as like do not take this if you unless you want to mess up your circadian rhythm i'm sorry i take melatonin quite often and i my circadian rhythm is flawless
0: mm-hmm. and
1: my immune i'm you know i don't know how much we can talk about this but there have been studies done on the immune system as it relates to melatonin guys it's like serotonin is the precursor to melatonin. And as long as you're not overdoing it and you're cycling, I think there's a lot of benefits to the oral ingestion of melatonin, but I've never heard about using it topically on your hair. Expand please. I, I yeah, just, yeah. I'm super curious. Like, do you have studies on this? I want to read all of them like yes. today.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. There's multiple studies on melatonin, topical melatonin, improving hair growth counts in women. And so I'm happy to share uh, those studies with you, and you can post them in the show notes. But uh, I got fascinated with melatonin through some other research, and I looked at topical melatonin as something that could be an antioxidant, but also has proven to grow here in scientific studies. So I said, well, that's double whammy in a good way. I want to, to get it. And so as we were designing the antioxidant for the topical solution, we said, what are the ones? We could have used green tea, EGCG. We could have used some others. We could have used melatonin. And we settled on melatonin because, one, it's a, the, the base that it mixes with is all water. We want the, the topical that we have is a water based, So you can apply it on your scalp and you can wake up the next morning. It's completely dry. So I know that, you know, when you apply these, um, what is it, minoxidil and Rogaine in your hair, it just messes up your hair and makes it crunchy. Now, so this solution is, is water-based, is a water solution, and dries out completely so you can style your hair the next day normally without it looking too greasy. So that was part of the reason we also chose melatonin. But again, it's a strong antioxidant, like I said, and there's uh, published data behind it.
1: What's the milligram dosage on that? And is there any like concern about it being absorbed through the skin and potentially affecting your hormones that way? It's, it's very small,
2: 0.2%. Oh,
1: okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah that's awesome yeah, very great very well. sorry i'm I'm just like I love melatonin, I love everything about that particular um hormone and and how it relates to serotonin and I just think there's like I'm a circadian rhythm junkie, so every mm-hmm. time like anything related to that comes up, I'm just like i I think we're at a what a tipping point of like just unfolding so much more about some of these antioxidants and, you know, hormone like precursors that we just, you know, I, again, like there's just so much ripe information. And I think this is exciting. And I'm, I have a couple of people in mind that I want to test out your product. So, um, this is, this is really cool, fascinating stuff. I love it. Very cutting edge.
2: Thank you.
0: I would love to jump into some of the top mistakes that cause women to experience hair thinning. And I'll just be very transparent with you all here. I actually stopped, not completely stopped, but probably 90% less heat styling on my hair. I no longer curl it. I actually, with curling iron or blow dry it, I sleep with it in it's actually really funny how I look. I, I do like the whole hair tutorial thing in my skin camp programs. This is like really, spe- it's a special look. I'll just say that. But while will usually be like, who the heck cares what you look like? So I think that some of the top mistakes that we're making is we're over heat styling our hair and, you know, potentially even activating some of those heat shock proteins on the scalp. There's actually a lot of research that's coming out on heat shock proteins with, things that are happening in the world also. So that's really interesting. I wonder if people are going to have an issue with potentially uh, heat shock proteins over the next couple of years for various reasons. So heat styling and using toxic hair care products, I think are probably the top mistakes that cause women to experience hair thinning. And I just find it really ironic that the anti-aging diet, the healthy skin diet, the diet for thicker, fuller hair, for stronger nails is all kind of one of the same, the cardiovascular diet, the blood glucose control diet, right? Mm-hmm. And I have to say that uh, with all the antioxidants I take, my nails grow like freaking weeds and my hair is growing at an insane. I literally feel like I just had my roots done and I need to get them done again. So this stuff does work. But what are, what's some of your insights as to what are some of the top mistakes that cause women to experience hair thinning?
2: Yeah, so I love that you mentioned those two. The additional ones are just over-treating their hair. So bleaching or perming, it's so bad for the hair. And, you know, when you're young, you want to enjoy life and you want to color your hair in all kinds of different ways to just express your personality. And I get all that, but over time, all that adds up and it starts breaking. So when you look at your hair shaft, the, the outer piece of that is the cuticle, which has like, you know, if you look at most homes, they've got the roof. It's like shingles, they're one after the other. And if you start to break in the cuticle, then oxidative stress or things that can cause oxidative stress can get into your hair follicles, causing your hair to become brittle. And so when people complain of brittle hair or they complain of dull hair, it just gets damaged over time from too much processing where things can get into the cuticle, it's not a protective layer anymore. And when you get into the cuticle as well, it loses the shine and your sebum can travel easily down the hair shaft. And so it just becomes dull and, and non shiny as well. So th- that's something that happens quite a bit. And then you can also, if you're, if you don't have the right nutrition, you're not eating healthy fats, then your hair can also appear dry. You know, dandruff can be caused. You can have dry skin. Um, I've had dry skin many times and I've started taking omega threes and that certainly helps, but you know, eating healthy fats like olive oil, and chia seeds or other seeds can really help you come back to balance and your skin uh, come back to balance. Uh, and then the other thing you both will probably might not relate to this is a lot of women put in hair extensions because they want to look gorgeous, right? They want to have gorgeous hair. Uh, hair big hair is, is, a, is a sign of power for a woman, at least. And so, unfortunately, those hair extensions will weigh your hair down And over the years, there's this thing called traction alopecia, which means when you're putting pressure on your hair follicles, that will cause you to permanently, permanently, there's no coming back from this, lose the hair. It's gone. And so when you see people with super tight hairstyles, it's the same thing. You start to see the hairline start to recede. And that's the same thing that happens with um, some of these things that you put in, like toppers or even extensions for a long, long time. It can really damage your hair.
0: I'd love to add on extensions because y'all might know I'm like the extension queen and I have been for so long. I've tried every single extension out there except for the glued and taped in ones. Those ones are just going to be awful. Also a little trick, um, any hair extensions that have metal, I've had um, Dr. Stephanie Gray relay to me that they can actually attract EMFs. So potentially the sewn in ones. But honestly, it's like finding a hairstylist that understands this, like the traction And how that can damage your scalp via the mechanism of constant strain and pressure but to go for like a sewn in weft uh, is probably the best way to go in fact i'm actually getting my my extensions adjusted right after this how ironic is that but this is something that i've actually really been aware of so those clip-ins that get clipped in through here and all of that absolutely, that will contribute to hair loss. So keeping the wefts a little bit lower down at the base, um, that can be really good. But you, you do have to go to places where when they're doing these types of procedures on you, that they're also being gentle on your hair. So sometimes you just have to specify and also say you're doing a consultation with someone for extensions for whatever reason ask them, you know, which ones are the ones that are less damaging, because honestly, a lot of these stylists, they don't care. But say, you know, I want to keep coming back to you, I want to see someone who like really cares about the health of their hair. And I have to say that um, I have switched up my extensions over the last little while, and I've noticed it's made a difference. So going to more of the sewn in ones versus the nano beads, those ones are really damaging. that the takes like really small sections with the bead that's clamped on it. They are just brutal. And you have to be the certain type of person that's also going to take good care of your hair so that when you're brushing it, you're always brushing from the base up. And um, yeah, stimulating the scalp for the blood flow is also really good. So every evening, I actually use one of my uh, scalp products when I'm um, about to do my non-heat styling kind of like nightly hair pose mm-hmm. so I'm sure you guys are all laughing but I, this these are all just helpful real life tips because some of us do like to have a little bit of pizzazz.
1: I would be remiss if we did not address a big issue for women that I think that also has to do with hair growth. Eyelashes and eyebrows and there are some popular companies out there. I'm not going to mention them. I'm sure you guys all know they rhyme with Matisse. And I'm just curious, like, are you thinking about potentially coming up with a line just for those specific areas of the body in which sometimes women want to have it look a little bit more natural? I mean, come on. Eyelash extension, like that thing took off like four years ago. Luckily, I mean- Thank, thank you, mom and dad, for giving me great eyelashes. But I know so many women who are not only just spending so much money, but then over time, they're starting to see that their eyelashes are not growing back in the same way that they used to. Not to and mention
0: so, toxic exposures to the adhesive. They're glue. O- mm-hmm. Potential eyelid cancers on the lash line, for sure.
1: Yeah. So I'm just curious, like, what your thoughts are on this? Have you guys thought about it? And are you going to come up with some type of solution? Because I would love... And I I know about like half a dozen women who would buy that like that.
2: Okay. Well, that's, that's great feedback. Thank you for informing me. So we're focusing right now on hair wellness, hair growth, and helping men and women with this. We've got some research, initial research, we've started towards helping people reverse gray hair. So we'll add this to the backlog. I think this might be... Put They're this cool at
1: the top guys. of the queue, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm I'm just thinking like, I know, it, it, of course, we all think about the things that are affecting us the most, but gray hair is also a huge issue. And that would be something amazing to see that is certainly part of the anti-aging com- conversation. Um, so this with brows and gray hair, I know that would be adding a lot to your plate in the, the span of a year. But this is exciting stuff. And I'm so happy to see someone really taking the reins on trying to address these things in natural ways and with supplementation and serum. So I'm really excited to see what's going to come down the pike next year.
0: Thank
2: you very much. Appreciate it.
1: I've
0: used a ton of different lash and brow hair stimulating products over the years. My background has been in ophthalmology and oculoplastics uh, for the last 10 and a half years. So I have used that particular, uh, product that you were alluding to. And if I'm just going to be completely open and honest, I can't tolerate it. It actually, um, is, It's too irritating to my eyes. Um, So we have to be very careful with these things. Like, yes, we want to benefit and it absolutely does work. But for someone like myself, I don't want red, irritated, dry eyes. But some people do just fine with it. But that's not me. You can use some of these lash stimulants into the brows. But a lot of times some of us actually have blonde or gray brow hairs. So something that's going to be relatively non-toxic would be like using a henna. A henna tint into the brows or along the lash line is great, but I'm so glad that you brought this up with the whole eyelash extension and and all of that because just because something's available doesn't mean that it's actually going to be healthy for you long term and the gray hairs I think we need to have a follow up conversation on this.
2: Yeah. So that's not going to be a product for a little while. We're doing some te- we're doing some research. I've enlisted some world-class researchers to help with this that are very well-known in the anti-aging world. So we're just starting the initial phases of that. And then we've got a formal leader on board. That's also very, very well-known. So I'm hoping the dream team can come together very soon and we'll have initial samples to send out to maybe, you know, 30 to 50 people to get feedback. And then if all goes well, then uh, we'll go live maybe towards the second half of next year.
1: I have one last question. So um, this is obviously just asking for a friend. If some, this friend found like a gray hair or a white hair and they plucked it, is that really bad? She wants to know.
2: No, it's, um, it's fine. It's just going to grow back again. You're just pulling, you're just finishing the hair from its cycle. The next cycle is going to start in a few months. So
1: it's going to come back. And it'll come back gray and white. Because that yeah. always happens to that person. Okay, yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah interesting. I her friend. I. I. You've no, seen I, that friend? Yeah. Yeah. She's. I need she's to dope. ask her friend too, right? So. <laughs> um.
1: No, I, I was just curious because, like, what happens to? I mean, I luckily have not gone gray, and I'm in my mid 30s. Like, looking at my genetic predisposition, my mom didn't go gray until she was in her 50s, and you know, it's and it's she didn't go gray overnight, like a lot of women do. But I have occasionally gotten like those random pop-ups of either gray or particularly white. I'm curious, is, is that stress-related, would you think? Or is that more like just hormonal? I have no idea, but there's, I'm just curious about it.
2: Yeah, there's two reasons why, typically why people get gray hair. Um, there's a compound called melanin, as we're aware of, that it's it's what gives her skin and her hair its color. And when the hair matrix is creating the hair follicle, it there's melanin that's coming out into the hair follicle uh, in every little, every little section of the hair, there's melanin there. And so these melanin producing cells need to be very, very active to keep your hair dark. And as we have oxidative stress, either because of using chemicals in our products or beauty products that are not that are toxic, maybe that we don't know about, or just being, again, being in the sun for too long or being in pollution or just eating bad foods it can really start to impact and cause oxidative stress, which kills off this melanin in the hair follicle or reduces the function, which leads to gray. So that's one. Two, there's also stem cells that help in melanogenesis. So over time, as we age, the stem cell population can decline as well, which leads to lesser generation of these cells that can create uh, melanin. So those are two things. Now, stress can also have an impact actually. If there's too much stress, then again, this stress impacts the melanin cells. And you've heard of people going gray overnight. It's true. There are some recorded instances of this. But even if you have stress for a few months, you can go significantly gray. The good part about stress-related gray is that typically it can reverse. If you start meditating and come back to normal life, this will reverse. But the other two types where you just don't have enough melanin, that's harder to do. You have to now get creative. You have to reduce oxidative stress. You have to help the melanin cells and kick them into action. So that's what we're trying to do is is help them and keep them going for much, much longer.
0: My dear grandmother had rheumatic fever and she was gray, I think, in her mid-early 20s. We don't really see much of that. And just Mm -hmm. a disclaimer here, anything we share as a medical advice is educational information only. If you think you have a health condition, you must seek the guidance of a licensed physician. But all of you here are on the straight and narrow to learn about some of the best anti-aging proactive aging hacks and do we have any closing words or for us you know really in your opinion because you know we've we've all interviewed some of the leading experts here but your focus is also in anti-aging what's the future of anti-aging in your opinions
2: so i just interviewed uh, mr sergey young who has a 100- love him
0: Yeah, Yeah. we've had him on the show here too. Okay, great. Great.
2: So I'll just rephrase what he said to me and then I can add some of my own color commentary. Um, Him and some other experts believe that in the next two decades, we're going to be able to significantly reverse our aging. We can already reverse aging by three to five years already now, or biological age, right? But in the next 10 to 20 years, we're going to significantly reverse it. In fact, Sergei was telling me that he thinks we can be, we can reverse our age to the age of 25 and just live in that body for a long, long time till we die, basically, which seems a little fantastic and crazy right now. But uh, I believe it can be done because I have a technology background, as you noted, Rachel, and it's, you don't see the advances in technology. They're, they appear very flat in the beginning. And then when all there's convergence of multiple technologies, it just takes a hockey stick and it's like crypto, it, goes <laughs> crypto goes parabolic, goes <laughs> parabolic. Which Rachel is going to start a YouTube channel with crypto very soon.
1: So, crypto and crystals coming to you know live. I'm just crypto kidding. Crystal.
0: I have no part in this. No more of this. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, we just did an interview, Katie and I, with Viome, and my biological age is nine years younger.
2: Mine's eight or nine as well. Yeah, great. Yeah, so all
0: this, all this stuff Show pays off. off. <laughs> Mine's only four, guys. Four
1: That's years That's so awesome. Younger. That's so really awesome, Katie. But as someone who is type A, I want to be 15 again in bio- biological oh, years.
0: <laughs> but okay, here's something really interesting. The future of anti-aging, I think that there is a huge quantum tie here. So manifestation, quantum tie, I always joke around my birthday, I'm turning 25 again, right? Fantastic. And it's it's like if you have this mentality of, oh, I'm just getting older, my body's falling apart. Yeah, you're gonna get a lot more of that. So I think the future of anti-aging is going to be actually a little bit more esoteric energy and spiritual. So I love focusing on body, mind, spirit, energy optimization a higher level of radiance and beauty. And that's going to look different for everyone. And I cannot wait to see more. Katie, what do you think the future of anti-aging is?
1: I'm putting my money on stem uh, stem cells and peptides for sure. Um, I think there's so much that we just don't even know about yet and that we've been doing a lot of experiments with full body stem cells. I think we're going to get super focused on particular use, use cases around that and Things like, you know, hair growth, stimulation, um, skin. I think we're, we're like right at that little kind of, you know, tipping point where we're going to learn so much in a very short amount of time. And it's going to be, I mean, right now it's super expensive, but I hope, hope to see some of the prices come down on some of these, um, you know, different medical modalities in the future. So that's where I'm putting my money on.
0: So we've both been to Upgrade Labs. You've been to the one in Santa Monica. I got the one in Victoria. I'm there every week. I freaking love that place. Sauna. And one of my other favorite things is the cell trainer, atmospheric cell trainer, to supposedly stimulate body-wide stem cell production. So I think that, yes, Katie, I agree with you. It is going to be uh, the future of anti-aging in stem cells and peptides 100% such a fun conversation here. So Faraz, where can people find you? How can they learn more about you? How can they get your products?
2: Yeah, so if they are interested in hair wellness and hair growth, this product is for people that are either losing hair and they want to stop it or that have hair that they think could be better. Definitely head on over to growmybesthair.com and you will get a special discount with... Just from being on this show or for being for being listeners of Rachel and Katie's show. you get a special discount for that. And if you're just interested in general anti-aging, follow me on Instagram at anti-aginghacks, or you can visit my website at anti-aginghacks.net.
1: Thank you so much, Roz. This was riveting. This was just absolutely one thought-provoking conversation that led to a lot of, you know different hacks that I hope that people here listening can maybe take and implement in their own life. And I want to just, you know, on behalf of Rachel, thank everyone for joining us today. If you want to learn more, you can head over to beautyandthebiohacker.com slash blog. If you're on the podcast, leave us a review. If you're on YouTube, make sure to give it a big thumbs up and maybe even share it with a friend. So, and hit the bell. And hit the bell. Of course, Rachel is literally like cueing me in the background, like hit that bell. All right, till the Kyle's come home. Well, thank you guys so much for listening and hope you have a fabulous rest of your day.
0: Thanks for us.
2: Bye guys. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Beauty and the Biohacker today. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to leave a comment or share it on your social media account and we'll give you a shout out. And don't forget to head over to beautyandthebiohacker.com to check out all our episodes and our favorites page where we include our curated list of products with special discount codes just for you guys. And while you're there, sign up for our newsletter because we're sharing some exclusive content and giveaways ways you won't want to miss.